Good evening and welcome to the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl, live from the Campus Lounge. And we'll tell you, of course, what you, in many cases, already know. Washington Park and Bonnie Bray's oldest standing dive bar, but uh, a great deal more than that. Terrific food, uh, especially when you bite into one of those burgers. Best hamburgers in the area, by far. Maybe the best in the state, best in the region. Fun. The kids can play. Parents can relax here. We've got a packed house at the Campus Lounge located right off the three-way intersection of Exposition, University, and Bonnie Bray Boulevard. Come watch the Pioneers every weekend. And, of course, we've got uh, the Avalanche in Tampa tonight, trailing one to nothing. And we've got the Nuggets, who are down by 11 in Orlando, uh, both playing early games tonight in the state of Florida. But uh, we're here with Coach Carl, of course, as DU comes uh, roaring down the home stretch at 21-7. and That is good for sixth place nationally in the pairwise rankings at 12-4 and in the NCHC. Denver is, of course, number one, two points ahead of Western Michigan and St. Cloud State. But uh, remember that the Pioneers have a couple of games in hand. Uh, there will be bye weeks for some of the teams that have played 18 games to Denver's 16. But the Pioneers uh, have North Dakota starting tomorrow night at 7.30 for the first of a two-game set. Saturday at 6 p.m. Both games can be heard on 104.3 The Fan HD3. Uh, then a homestand uh, continuance the following week as Minnesota Duluth comes to town, a road trip through Western Michigan, two games set, and a home-and-home home with Colorado College March 3rd and 4th to wrap up uh, the season. So um, five points separate the top four teams in the NCHC, but uh, with the exception of Omaha, uh, each of the top uh, uh, four teams uh, separated by the five points um, have played uh, as many or more games than DU has played at this point. Like your position, Coach Carl, coming off uh, a win Saturday night against Colorado College to put you at 12-4 uh, and four in league play. Yeah, I think we're, we're in a good spot, and I, I really like the upcoming schedule. Uh, Going to play, you know, the next eight games will be uh, relative to playoff hockey, uh, playing some really desperate teams. Um, some teams Absolutely. that have, have improved a lot during the year, starting this weekend with North Dakota, and, uh, and then obviously moving uh, to Duluth, Western, and, and ending with CC. So I think it's going to prepare us really well for what playoff hockey is going to be, and we're going to continue to learn about our group and um, keep pushing to get better as, as we uh, barrel down to playoff hockey. What did you learn about your team Saturday night with a 4-1 win at CC at Ed Robeson Arena? Uh, a game uh, whose final score might not have been indicative of uh, how competitive a game it was. Uh, DU, of course, uh, winning uh, by the score of 4-1, to but leading with 12 minutes, 5 seconds left in the game, only by 2-1. to And they had just scored a goal on a penalty shot. Yeah, I thought it was, it was a good game, good road game. Um, very competitive uh, as well, the, the 4-1 score. 
again, you, you probably could have said that the ball arena game should have been more like that. Yes, and, and uh, then, I agree. And then the, the game in and the that should have been the two to nothing Should have been the tighter one goal, two goal <laughs> yeah. game. But uh, I loved our start. Like, I thought no. that was going to be no. really important in that building. I thought their fans, their team was going to uh, look to, you know, try and make a statement about what their fans and, and their student section um, could be and do, and their fans or their players are going to be um, excited to play on their home rink after the Ball Arena game, which was such a spectacular uh, event and uh, turnout for, for our program. And um, I loved our first 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, we draw some penalties, we score a power play goal, um, we get up to nothing, and then the second period was really back and forth, actually. We looked at it, only eight faceoffs occurred in the whole second eight period. Face eight faceoffs and seven shots on goal. Yep, and Combined. so it was just kind of a, a back and forth. Both teams had a couple chances, but but not a lot. And I just thought it was a mature second period. And um, the third, you know, they get their, their uh, penalty shot. Uh, they score on it. And uh, I thought we weathered the storm. Nicely after that, power play again comes through with a big five-on-three five goal. Yep. To um, you know, you look at the stats and the numbers. If you don't score on your on your extended five-on-three, your odds of winning the game go down significantly. So, that moment, it's a it's a really big moment in the game. And um, you know, Rizzo, Benning, uh, connect. Mazur's yep. got a great net front screen. Yeah. Um, so they do an excellent job on that and uh, and get the big goal for us. Those are, by the way, your three Hobie Baker. Nominees no, yeah. for 2022-23. Yep, the three guys you just mentioned. Yeah, they've all, all deservedly had, so. Yeah, they've all had great years, and um, you know, obviously deserve to be in that conversation. So, um, again, that big. Uh, you know, we want them all playing at their best coming down the stretch here, and uh, that goal is indicative of what they all provide. Mike's shot, uh, Massimo's ability to draw people to him and find a lane, and and Carter. Um, you know, holding down the net front, making it hard for a goaltender to see the play develop. Uh, CC has a terrific young goaltender in Embarico, but for the last two games, the number one star has been Magnus Corona. And I thought deservedly so in that he outplayed uh, Embarico on Saturday night down in the Springs. Yeah, I, I agree. He made some, some really big saves. He was... Um, you know, he was the sharper of the two goalies, you could argue. Yes. Uh, I, I, even with I, the shutout on Friday night that, that Emberko was was at a higher level based yes. on just the oh, shot oh, yeah. volume yeah. And, right. and things like that. But I thought, and again, in a road game, um, in a hostile environment, you need your senior goaltender, um, you know, to be good for you. And, and I thought he was excellent. And I thought, um, now I haven't seen all your games, but um, with your home games and the game, uh, down in the Springs on Saturday, uh, of the games I have seen in person, with one minute to go in the first period, he made as good a save as I've seen anybody make this year in college hockey. Yeah, it was it was excellent. Um, you know the diving it, save, yep. sprawled out. Yep, you know it was a two on one two that, on one. that uh, yep. we didn't execute properly and how we wanted to play it. Didn't execute getting a puck in you know, and managing the game. And, um, you know, that's what a, an excellent goaltender can be. He can be an eraser for those mistakes. And um, he certainly was in that moment to go in the room up 2 nothing, rather than just 2-1. Um, you know, that was that was a big mark on the game that he stamped on it. You, uh, I, I was able to look down on the bench uh, from the press box, and I, I, I saw uh, 
actually, uh, I think it was Dallas, uh, diagramming prior to the five-on-three yep. exactly what he wanted. And uh, you give your assistants that, that kind of freedom, and uh, the goal looked like it came pretty much by design. Yeah. Um, Fairly closely to what he had sketched out. Yeah. Um, well, you got good eyes then. Well, I didn't see, see I, I couldn't <laughs> see exactly what he sketched yeah, out, yeah, but yeah. it appeared as if the goal came about yeah, no, through it, some kind of structure. Yeah, no, it did. And, and I think, um, again, recognizing the moment of the game, how big five-on-threes are <laughs> scoring on them or not scoring on them, and the outcome it can, it can play in the game, we want to just get everybody together. Um, Dallas is responsible for our power play. Um, you know, Tavis helps him out with that as well. And um, just an opportunity to kind of take a breath and, and get people, you know, organized as to where we want them. And uh, we obviously felt like if we scored on that power oh, play, yeah. that, it, would, that would deflate it, would, it would put the game away. Yeah. And um, it ended up being that. So, again, great, um, you know, great job by Dallas, great job by the players um, to then go out and execute. Well, you talked about playoff hockey, and it, it, it seems right now in your league uh, that you've got your first division teams, you, Western Michigan, St. Cloud, and Omaha, and then you have teams, and it sounds funny to speak this way about Duluth and North Dakota as second division teams, but they're your next two opponents, and North Dakota in particular, desperate for points. At this point, not just for their position in the league and the possibility of home ice advantage, but for a possible berth on the NCAAs. Yep. Both teams don't have much margin for error. You do, uh, knowing that they're desperate, can you manufacture an atmosphere, an attitude this week that can match the desperation that will greet you coming from them tomorrow night? Well, we'll find out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, the answer, yes, I do believe we can, and we're trying to do that. And, and that's why I think it's so great that we're playing the two of them. Um, they're both on the outside looking in of the NCAA tournament picture right now. Um, you know, we know that we know what they're going to bring. It, it's, it's not going to – should not surprise us. And so um, for us – you know, we're we have a lot on the line too, and that we want to stay. Sure. You want to stay. We want to stay in the conversation with a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. You know, we want to certainly stay in in the two seed realm, and um, you know, handling our business here at home, uh, starting on Friday night, we'll we'll go a long way in that. And um, and then yeah, I mean, it, the the Penrose and, and finishing first in the league, uh, we believe there's obviously a clear advantage in, in getting the one overall seed uh, when it comes to that. It should not be ignored uh, nor taken for granted that you won the goal pen on Saturday night, even though you still have two games left. Yep. Head-to-head with CC, you won four straight. Uh, I believe that's 17 gold pans since uh, uh, it was awarded uh, during the 1993-94 season for the first time. So uh, my math isn't great, but that's 17 out of 30, and that's a pretty good percentage. And, of course, you've been dominant uh, recently. Uh, with nine straight wins against Colorado College, 13-1-1 in the last 15. I know the goal pan is the first real objective you can reach uh, before uh, 
probably you win the league mm-hmm. and then win the league tournament and then win the national tournament. But how important is it, even though you've had that kind of rivalry with CC that's been rather one-sided, to win the goal pen? I think it's um, it's a big deal to the program, to our players, certainly our alumni. Um, I think one of, uh, you know, there's five trophies that we could have won or could win this year. Yeah. Um, you know, we're two for two. Uh, so far, the next three are, are obviously much yeah, more Yeah, you won your tournament earlier. And, and yeah, yeah, the icebreaker, but the next three are much harder, obviously, to win. But I think it's it's important, too, um, when you come off a national championship year, we talk about feeling the lows. But I think it's also important to feel the highs as well. And, yeah. Um, you know, I, again, I go back. I talked about it earlier this week. Um, 2018, we won the Frozen Faceoff Tournament up in St. Paul, our league playoff championship. And, um, you know, I think the commissioner was a little down on us. Like, can you guys, can you celebrate a little bit? You know, act yeah. like you're excited. And, you know, our guys, they, they had won the year before the national yes. championship. Yes. And that's all they had their right. eyes on. And, right. you know, I, I think um, – you can sometimes get lost in, in not celebrating yeah. the wins. And, um, you know, I can say that our guys, they really relished and enjoyed the opportunity to try and win a trophy on Saturday night. That yeah. was something we talked a lot about. And, um, you know, after uh, in the locker room on the bus, it was it was a very lively group. And um, they were thrilled to be able to bring that back home, um, you know, for a fourth straight year. Well, yeah. yeah. We were talking about Magnus a moment ago, and I don't want to go too much further without mentioning the streak he had developed, uh, not only overall, he's had two streaks this year, I think, of longer than 130 minutes between allowing goals, Mm -hmm. and against CC, he had gone 350 minutes and 11 seconds without allowing a goal, and of course, the goal came on a penalty shot. Penalty shot counts. But in conventional situations, that streak <laughs> remains alive. And I, I just even 350 minutes is, is remarkable against one team. Yeah, it really is. And, um, you know, I didn't even rec- realize it until someone said something uh, after the Ball Arena game. And um, really impressive. I think that's... Magnus is a, obviously an excellent goaltender, but he's someone who I think really elevates himself too for, um, you know, rivalry-type games, yeah. a CC game, a North Dakota, North Dakota game. Dakota, yep. um, You know, some of his best performances within our league play have been against those two teams, and, um, you know, he, he certainly elevated himself over the last two games. You talked about some of those saves, and even the one goal they score, um, you know, comes on a penalty shot. That's, yeah. that's the one they've gotten you know, in the last, whatever, two years. Uh, it's yep, been on that's it. so basically it's, two years, a little more yeah, than two years. It's, it's honestly amazing um, with how much we play them that yep. uh, that our team and him have had that level of success defensively uh, to be able to shut them out that many times in a row. Well, again, the latest shutout streak was 133 minutes plus, and uh, Magnus will be uh, looking to uh, continue. Uh, what is uh, at this point a modest uh, shutout streak, but uh, uh, your hopes are that that uh, continues this weekend, uh, at least for a little while longer. We'll come back and we'll talk more about uh, DU in the national picture right now and where the Pioneers stand as the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl continues. Sandy Clough alongside, live from the Campus Lounge. Stay with us. 
The Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl, Sandy Clough alongside, continues live from the Campus Lounge. And, of course, we're located right off the three-way intersection of Exposition University and Bonnie Bray Boulevard. Um, packed house here, but there's always room for you. Uh, stop on by if you're in the area and enjoy the great food and entertainment. A wonderful atmosphere uh, here at the Campus Lounge. We've got uh, Iowa-Purdue. Uh, right in front of us, we've got the Avs in Tampa Bay, and we've got the Nuggets and the Orlando Magic uh, all on right now. Uh, the locals at the moment are both trailing, but uh, hopefully that will uh, turn around here as uh, the Avs play at Tampa tonight and the Nuggets play in Orlando against the Magic, both teams in the state of Florida this evening. Uh, we're right here and happy to be so at the Campus Lounge. And of course, tomorrow night, the beginning of uh, yet another rivalry series. Uh, DU and North Dakota have met more than 300 times uh, in a history that goes way, way, way back. And it's their uh, second longest rivalry, uh, apart from the CC DU competition at 304 games and the Pioneers against North Dakota have uh, gone 7-3-2 and two in the last 12 games at Magnus Arena, 77-56-6 over the years at home, a winning percentage of .576. We'll talk more about uh, that series in a moment. And uh, once again, it's an example uh, of uh, a set of games uh, that uh, uh, is not new this year for DU, having played already this year two games at North Dakota, winning both. Uh, for the first time, uh, uh, a regulation sweep at North Dakota, 3-2 and 6-3, uh, since NCHC play began. And you have to go all the way back to January 29th and 30th of 2010 to find the last time that DU swept North Dakota at North Dakota, as uh, they did earlier uh, this year. But I uh, want to talk about where you uh, stand nationally uh, at the moment. Uh, only Quinnipiac has won more games. Um, with all due respect, Quinnipiac is in a weaker league, the uh, ECAC. Uh, Minnesota, number one, followed by Quinnipiac. Boston University, which uh, failed to make the Beanpot final, as did BC. And having watched some Beanpots over the years in person, it shocked me to realize that Harvard and Northeastern had never played in the championship game of, of the Mean Pot before. It had always been either BU or BC, uh, if not both, uh, playing in the championship game. So uh, that's a first. But uh, you've got Minnesota, Quinnipiac, BU, Michigan, and Penn State 1 through 5. DU right there at 21 and uh, 7. And, again, you've won more games than Minnesota, BU, Michigan, and Penn State have won, and yet it's uh, a tribute, I guess, to uh, the strength of your league that we don't have anybody from your league in the, in the top five yep. because the competition is so severe. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's that. It's parity within the league, and then it's, you know, we've talked a lot on the show about um, the non-conference schedule right. of the league early on. Not quite um, as good as it had been in previous years correct. for the NCAA. Yep, yeah, correct. And that's, that's kind of baked in. 
Yeah, so I mean, yeah. it's all uh, it's not opinion. This is all yeah. uh, uh, right. formula, mathematical right. formula, how it all works, the pairwise, and how the seeding in the NCAA tournament works. And so, um, yeah, our league uh, did not have – we're second in non-conference win percentage, but um, still have some, some bad losses on our league's record. And, um, you know, and you got three that, Big Ten that, teams that's in the top five. Us. Yeah, in the Big Ten – they were above 700 win percentage right. non-conference this right. year, so they're a little bit more bulletproof in in beating each other, um, you know. And so th- their their variations mathematically aren't um, quite as severe as ours. Yeah. So it is what it is. It's it's one of those years where that's happened, and um, you know, and, and yeah, it's a, it's a rare moment where you don't have an NCHC team uh, in the top five in the pairwise. Uh, we were talking about North Dakota uh, a few minutes ago, and. Um, I'm looking back at Saturday night for the eighth time this year, you had multiple power play goals in the game. And uh, certainly I I thought your special teams play was excellent the other night. And it was excellent in the previous game. Things you want to get going this time of year, because you're, you're always not always, but almost always going to have the five on five advantage. And if you get your special teams, uh, up to your usual standards, even more of an advantage and maybe a greater margin for error yeah, for your team. For sure. And um, you know, the power play you know, has been has been, you know, pretty consistent throughout the year, albeit we you know, we've tried different people and personnel with the depth that we have and just trying to figure out what works. We've talked a lot about yeah. having so many new people and where does everybody fit, especially in the forward group and that also contributes to the power play and um, you know the PK. You've used four forwards a fair amount of yep. late, right? Yep, yep. We have one unit with four forwards, another with two. Um, Kyle, who you're going to have on later, has been yep. on the power play at times. Uh, McCade as well has been on the power play at times. Thompson yeah. um, has. Lorenz has. These are guys that have um, bros that have all been on and off the power mm-hmm. play at different moments to try and you know find things that that will work and. Um, you know, it, it, generally speaking, I think everyone's doing a pretty good job when they're out there. Um, you know, we've been, in, you know, consistently in the top 20 to 15 all year on the power play. And the penalty kill, I think, um, you know, hasn't been up to the, the standard that we would like it to be. But uh, trying to spend a little bit more time just yeah. watching video, working on certain details of tendencies we see of teams coming in. And, um, you know, I thought we were... We were probably better prepared against CC than we when we have been against other teams, and then the guys went out and executed at a really high level. So, um, special teams are important certainly, and um, you know, and, and as you get into this time of year in playoff hockey, you know, it's rare that you get more than three power plays that you have to kill more than three times. And yeah. So, um, if you can go one for three and, and keep it at three for three on the kill, you know, it, it can be that one goal swing in, in a tight hockey game. And, again, getting back to North Dakota, your penalty kill will be tested mm-hmm. this weekend. And, and the best way to uh, uh, stop a power play, of course, is stay out of penalty box. Yep. But they're at over 31% conversion rate. They've had a rough year, but their power play has been world class. Yeah, both their special teams unit. I think they're, they're number one in the country in combined special teams. Um, right. Power play at 30%, PK um you know well above 80 and so um you know impressive that their power play mpk unit you know for us 
having a five-on-five game will uh, will be important for us in, in trying to make sure that we stay out of the box. Does it sound strange to you to uh, go into a series with North Dakota and they're a sixth-place team in your league and they've only won 12 games this year? You've won almost twice as many games uh, as that. You played them twice earlier this year up there, and you did something that uh, you really hadn't done in the way you did it back in November in about 12 years. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, and, and your freshman came alive. I think Wright had his first goal that yep. weekend, yep. and Aiden Thompson had his first goal that weekend. Yeah, and no, both were at several points that weekend. Yeah, we, our depth, I think, showcased itself nicely. Um, on the weekend, we went through a lot of adversity uh, on the travel trip to get up there. We came in day of on Friday. Yeah. Um, drove up from Minneapolis because our flight had gotten canceled on Thursday. So it um, was a great great weekend for our team and uh, to really come together and I think show that we can we can play through different levels of adversity and um, certainly gives us confidence going into this weekend set um, against them where, where again we've talked about it we know the level of desperation that yeah. they will have uh, given where they're at in the league standings and where they're at in the national picture. They seem to have settled on the Michigan State transfer between the pipes. Uh, their goaltending has not been great. Uh, overall this year but more recently it's been better yep yeah uh, it, it has different team than you faced in november from that standpoint the goaltending's better yeah potentially i mean they're they're 60th out of 61 teams and save percentage in the country and, right um certainly um they they've had better goaltending in the last four games i think probably their team play five on five has contributed that uh, as well, but yeah, they've they've came out and said that they want to ride uh, the kid from Michigan State yeah. um, here for a little while, and, and our job, like it was up there, is to make life hard on him and um, try and put the puck in the back of the net. Uh, you're happy with where you are from a national perspective, though. At this point, I know seedings are involved. Uh, you'd like to be a one, but uh, if you had to be a two, you'd live with that. Yeah, I think everything's in our control as to where we end up getting placed, and that's a good feeling to have. And um, I think it's a test of our group's maturity, um, you know, to know that we are in the driver's seat and, and how do we handle that. And, and I think that um, is a really good step and really good challenge for our team from, you know, the NCHC perspective and, and the NCAA perspective. So um, that's, a, that's a great challenge and opportunity in front of us here over the next eight games. And we've talked about this uh, on previous shows, but uh, uh, you don't have to travel but once between now and the end of the regular season either. Just the yep. one trip to Western Michigan, everything else is five home games and a game at CC. Yeah. Six no, that, of your final eight in the state of Colorado. That's been nice in the second half. Um, you know, we had to go to St. Cloud and we, had to go, we have to go to Western. So um, to have so much uh, home-heavy schedule – in the back half, I think can uh, can only benefit us as we continue, um, you know, to build uh, long term and into the playoffs. Always bumps and bruises, but it seems on the surface you're about as healthy as you've been. Yeah, year. yeah. I mean, outside the first, you know, eight to ten games, we've we've had relatively everyone available yeah. um, throughout the whole year, and, and that's continued. And um, knock know, on I, wood, yep, good fortune. Yep, absolutely. And that's again, it's a credit to our players and the support they receive from and, our athletic trainers uh, absolutely. And, and our strength staff and making sure that we're being proactive. Um, we don't 
you know, usually we don't have a lot of man games missed here. Um, and I think that's a big part of uh, the habits that, that those people help instill in our players. And, um, and then it's on them to, to be adults and, and to take advantage of those resources, and, and oftentimes they do. So um, it helps when you, when you have everybody available uh, to you as a coach to be able to play your best lineup and um, hold people accountable from those standpoints. I know we'll be bringing on McCade and uh, Kyle here in just a second, but I know McCade Webster and Kyle Mayhew are two of your favorite players, uh, classic overachievers. Um, they, they do an excellent job. Um, I think they're, they're consistent performers, yeah. um, which, again, is, is great to have as a coach. It's great to be a player in the room and look across and know what you're going to get uh, from your teammates and two guys who have been around it here for a little while now that um, for me they're gamers and, and they show up every night ready to work and make an impact um, in the ways that they do. McCade and his sister may have accomplished a, a first. I don't know that officially, but both McCade and uh, his sister are national champions. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, Something know unduplicated in the history of college hockey yeah, that a brother and a sister would yeah. be national champions at the same time. Yeah. Oh, she's, uh, we, we give him crap all the time, and she's a better hockey player than him. So, well, that, um, be, be that the, as it may. And he'll, he'll, he'll admit it, too, how good she is. So, um, really impressive uh, player and family, and uh, not surprising. Well, thank you, Coach. We'll see you tomorrow night. We look forward to it. Uh, big series with North Dakota. And, and we've talked about the rivalry. CC will always be special. But in terms of the competitive stuff and even some of the nasty stuff that's gone on over the years between the two teams, this is up there among, I think, the top five rivalries in college hockey, year yeah, in and year out. I would agree. Um, it's been a long time since they've been in our building with fans before that's COVID. That's right. So it'll be yeah, exactly it'll right. be a great atmosphere and environment. Magnus Arena. Encourage everybody to come out and watch us play. Thanks. Game one tomorrow night at seven thirty. Coach, we appreciate it, and we'll bring on Kyle Mayhew and McCade Webster. Join us next on the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl, Sandy Clough alongside. Stay with us. Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. Sandy Clough alongside continues, and uh, as is our custom uh, here at the Campus Lounge when we're broadcasting live from uh, the three-way intersection of Exposition University and Bonnie Bray Boulevard, uh, we have player guests. And tonight we are joined by junior forward McCade Webster and senior defenseman Kyle Mayhew. And uh, McCade, since we were uh, talking about you uh, just a second ago, uh, in 2021, your sister, uh, McKenna, do I have that right? Yep. yep. And uh, uh, at Wisconsin at the time, she's now at Ohio State, but at Wisconsin at the time, a national champion. And, of course, you followed up uh, last year. And as I recall, she was able to uh, watch you win your championship. Yeah, yeah she was there for, uh, in yeah. Boston when we won. Uh, but, no, she's the rock star in the family. Coach said it. I always say uh, – <laughs> She's the best athlete in the family, two-sport athlete now at Ohio State with field hockey and right. hockey. So, right. no, she's a rock star, and she's killing it. Well, uh, for both uh, you and uh, Kyle, uh, what's it been like this year coming back? You as a junior, Kyle, we'll start with you as a senior, as national champions. You've played 28 games with a target on your back, so to speak. 
How do you think the year has gone? Uh, what have been some of the high points and some of the challenges? Uh, do you even look at it as defending a national championship as opposed to this being a separate year in which everyone starts at zero and zero? Yeah, I think we know that, you know, everyone's going to give us their best every yeah. single night. And I think, you know, it's not something that we're afraid of. I think we kind of welcome that challenge. Um, we think it'll bring out the best in us. And uh, I think coming back last year uh, off that win, I think it, we have that swagger now. We have that confidence knowing that in the group we, we can always do something special from year to year. Um, you know, and like you said, I think high points through the year, obviously, that sweep in North Dakota. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean. Just, just throughout the years, I don't know how much success I've had in that building. So uh, to be able to sweep in that building was, uh, was really special. I loved it. And they were convincing wins, McKay, 3-2 and 6-3. Uh, and, and you got uh, the freshmen going uh, who have been uh, outstanding this year. And I, I want to talk about your line a little bit because uh, King centering for you and uh, Dornbach have been uh, of late maybe the most productive of the four lines yeah i think we just pride ourselves on playing 200 feet i think coach can rely on us anywhere on the ice i think kind of going from defense out i think we play well in our own zone and it leads yeah. to offense for us yeah and uh, you know you've got you and carter pretty interchangeable right yeah i mean you can yeah take face-offs right. and obviously exactly. he can too and he's yeah, Maybe as good a face-off guy as, as you have. Uh, do you and he have, obviously you have a bond, you played together quite a bit, but kind of a competition uh, uh, going too. Uh, both of you have been able to score uh, goals this year. You were on the score sheet Saturday night. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think uh, competition may, may not be the, the right word for me and Kinger. I think more of just brothers would be the right word. I mean, I some some friendly competition here and there, but... I lived with him my freshman year when he moved in, and we played together all last year, and now this year we played together. So I think we've just formed that bond with one another. We know we know each other's habits and where they're going to be on the ice, so I think that works well when you have good chemistry with your line mates. Kyle, you're out there occasionally with uh, uh, with that line, and, of course, uh, you and Sean Behrens have uh, played together uh, so much. Uh, how much does that mean? Because it's unusual to have – a national championship team with so many experienced players coming back the next year. Yeah, I think uh, it's kind of like what I said uh, a couple minutes ago, like this, that confidence, especially I think from last year, like the, the offensive side was always there with Bob and Gutman and, and Sav, but now returning, you know, the, the majority of our decor and getting Magnus back, you know, has shifted it a little bit to like, you know, we have that, that defensive strength as well now too. Um, and like I said, I've been playing with Barry um, going on two years now, and he makes it really easy for me. He's a heck of a player. And then you always know what you're get, getting with Justin Lee and Mike Benning. So, and then Shy Williams has been stellar too. So it's just, you know, throughout the lineup, uh, just that consistency factor has always been there. And we, we talk about guys who have improved, and uh, Kyle, we'll start with you. Uh, who do you believe on defense might stand out as the most improved player, the player who's grown the most? I mean, we have to exclude uh, 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 the freshman, Ken uh, Anderson, from this, but who's improved the most That's a good from question. last year to this year, in your opinion? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I've been a huge fan of, of Mike's Benning's game. Um, yeah. 
I think he's really stepped up his defensive game a lot. I think he's always had that that offensive side. His big one timer, obviously, the game winner in the national yep. championship. So, yep. um, but he's he's been great on D. He's great in front of the net. Um, you know, he off the off the transition game. He he's really just a stud every every zone um, every zone that we need him to be. You're 160 pounds or thereabouts. Yeah. And you know, Sean's got. Uh, 180 pounds to work with but it, it seems that you guys have found a way this year to be physical without being penalized yeah I very think, often yeah it, it kind of comes from our practice habits I think we're really good at, with our sticks and uh, you know with with how good our sticks are uh, you know it kind of puts players off balance maybe surprises them a little bit so I right. think when you have that opportunity uh, you know no matter if you're 160 or if you're a little burrito like Sean and you're 180. Yeah, I think Barry's been eating too many burritos. Yeah. I, I think 180's a little light. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and, and McCade, for you up front, uh, you, you've, you've been playing with Casey Dornback, obviously a, a newcomer, but uh, throughout the forward group, have you noticed anyone who has jumped out at you as boy, he's really rounded out his game or grown his game from last year to this year. Yeah, for me, I would say Carter King. Yeah. I think he's been the most improved, possibly the most improved on the team. Ten I, goals I would say, yeah, for, right. for a checking line center? Yeah, I mean, that, I mean that's yeah. definitely impressive numbers, and I know his numbers have shot up a lot this year, but, I mean, it just comes from doing everything right. He does everything right. Um, no, he's a great guy. Probably had probably had a few burritos in the off season, put on some weight and and yeah, he's doing he's doing well. I think he's the most improved in my mind. Yeah. Uh well he's I mean he'll be two hundred pounds. Yeah. Uh, by <laughs> by this time next year. Yeah. Uh, uh coming back. And uh, you you as a junior, uh you and Kyle have this in common. You're both alternate captains. Uh I'll start McCade, with you, how do you view your role as an alternate captain? What does that mean to you specifically? Yeah, first, I mean, it's just an honor to be an alternate captain on this team. I mean, special honor. And it's a responsibility as well just to do everything right, and people are looking up to you. I think uh, that part of it, I mean, you just got to try to always do the right thing so you, you leave an influence on the younger guys. But uh, with my role with alternate captain, I like just to try to keep it light try to keep it calm because sometimes it sometimes it gets frustrating and stuff like that so i always just try to keep a good attitude positive attitude amongst the team and crack a few jokes when need be and and uh keep it light in the room kyle for you um different definition roughly the same as a defenseman being an alternate captain obviously justin lee or your friend is uh, is the captain um is your role more vocal, more supportive? Um, How do you see it? Lead by example? Yeah, it's kind of, I would consider myself, I don't know, I think I like to talk a bit more in the room. I think yeah. that's what makes our leadership group pretty right. good is is we have a little bit of everything. We got McCade keeping it light. We got Leezer yeah. who really leads by example. He's yeah. hard knows everything he does. Um, and luckily I've had really good, you know, mentors coming up. You know, through four years, I've had Ian Mitchell, Colin right. Schaub, Gutman, right. um, all really right. well spoken, and I think I can kind of cherry pick elements from from what I've learned from them and kind of implement uh, that vocal sense in the room. It, it seems that you guys do have 
that mix. And emotionally, I mean, every, every team will have two or three flat games during the course of the year. But considering that everybody, including North Dakota, is uh, uh, taking a special look at your team and the threat that you pose, what's your sense of how to keep an emotional equilibrium, not get too high or too low? I mean, you guys have lost seven games this year, and you're not used to losing. You hate to lose, but you keep that emotional equilibrium, and you sense when you need to recharge or maybe gear down a little bit. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's definitely always a balance between finding that because I know emotions do flare at times, and, and that can be a negative thing for a team. I mean, just being disciplined amongst the emotions and, and just taking a step back and t sometimes taking a deep breath. But, I mean, I think our team, we kind of we play with emotion. That's how, that's how we're kind of all bred. We all want to win. We're all gamers. So I think it's kind of finding and flirting with that line right there, just not going over the edge for us. But... I think we do well when we when we play with a little emotion and um, we want to get into guys' faces because we know we have a target on our back from last year and, and being the top team and we want to prove we want to prove them why we were the top team. Kyle, uh, it's unaccustomed to see North Dakota sixth place in the NCHC uh, at this point in the season. Certainly, to see a team that's only won 12 games out of the uh, 26 uh, it's played, but you know that at least physically you'll be challenged this weekend and we talked about it with coach uh, on special teams where uh, combined power play and penalty kill they're about as good as it gets nationally yeah 100 percent. i mean i feel like our conference is, is you know so well balanced there's so much parity I, I don't think we ever look at where a team might be in the standings before yeah. a weekend um you know, because, you know, whatever. I didn't know that they were sixth. Um, I think they're always well coached. They have a, a great roster yeah. every single year, always have good recruiting. Um, so I, I think, you know, they're going to be fired up to play. They're, they're going to be a desperate hockey team. But I think our, our room is pretty well prepared. We know what they're going to bring. So it's another recipe for a, a really good weekend of hockey. You look at it, these final eight games, and obviously the, uh, the postseason is literally playoff hockey, but that these final eight games might as well be playoff hockey mccade yeah, start right. with you these yeah. are playoff games yeah i mean you definitely want to have momentum going into going into postseason yeah. hockey and i think the last the last few games we have here i mean they're all they're all pretty tough teams and well-experienced teams especially in postseason with duluth western's got a good team this year cc's a rivalry game that'll be a good yeah. game but i mean i think it's just carrying momentum and carrying habits into the postseason and then doing what we need to do kyle how do you define playoff hockey as distinct from regular season hockey? Um, I mean, if there was one word, I think that would define it as just sacrifice. I think everyone's level really? of sacrifice Interesting. just Interesting. is, is mm -hmm. taking up a whole other step, whether it's us, whether it's other teams, putting your body on the line, putting things off the ice on the line, you know, whether it be, you know, school, you're going to have to make sacrifices in your scheduling. Um, I think that's, that's kind of what defined us last year was – uh, big sacrifices from everybody, and I think you know seeing a guy next to you sacrifice really motivates you to do the same thing. I, I want to ask you quickly before we let both of you run about the last few seconds of the game on Saturday night, and I think that's a good example of what you two have been talking about, where you had uh, uh, Magnus Krona essentially sticking up for his roommate 
Yeah, I know uh, Magnus can get pretty fiery. I, I don't think I've ever seen him do something like that. I, I haven't either. <laughs> but uh, he's usually always even keel, but I think that's just that, that CCD rivalry for you. It, uh, it kind of brings out the nasty side in everybody. McCabe, you're not afraid to mix things up, but no, when yeah. you saw that, I mean, it, it may have approached the line, but it didn't cross it. Yeah, no, correct. But I mean, one yeah. teammate... In this case, a roommate sticking up for another roommate. Right. No, it fired me up. I mean, especially when those things happen, I think everyone just, you got your teams back, and that's what showed there. I mean, all those guys, like, whatever happened, I mean, they all had each other's back. And that's all you can ask for. I mean, they're going to war together, the brothers, I mean, roommates, and just like best friends. So, I mean, just having each other's back, especially in those moments, kind of shows the character of some of those guys. And you got to congratulate Matt Davis at the end of the game, who was out there for 20 seconds. Yeah. He was the goaltender on the ice at the end. But uh, it, it, both of you have to be just overwhelmed with, with Magnus and these shutout streaks. He's been compiling, what, 350 minutes plus against CC. And twice this year, really within about the last month, he's had two streaks of over 130 minutes of uh, shutout hockey. And I know in the forwards, guys like you think defense first and on defense – you guys, uh, I think, had five points, uh, if I'm correct here, uh, in the game on Saturday night. So you know uh, when it's right to jump into the play and help out uh, offensively and still maintain your defensive uh, responsibility. It's a pleasure to have you both on. Thank yeah, you. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. We appreciate it. Us. We appreciate it. Packed house for you yeah. here tonight. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Give him a hand. McCade yeah. Webster. The junior forward from St. Louis, and of course Kyle Mayhew from Anaheim Hills, California. We used to kid about players coming from California, the hockey hotbed of, but it is a hockey hotbed now. Yeah, I it, think, it really is. Yeah, I think, and obviously been, St. Louis is. Yeah, where I mean, Paul Stastny came from. Yeah, there's been a ton of growth in California, um, especially even from you know when I was playing. Um, I think there's, like, a, a huge part of it is honestly, like, roller hockey. I, yeah. I see a lot of people coming up from roller hockey just with, you know, it can, it can get pretty expensive, especially in California. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, if there's a cheaper alternative, it's, it's great for skill work. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's kind of incredible how far it's come, really. I, I'm super proud that I've come from, from that area. Thanks, Alice. We appreciate it. Yeah, Dog Nation's that. Marty Richardson will be joining us next as we wrap up the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl, Sandy Clef alongside. Stay with us. Back with the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl, Sandy Clef alongside. And, of course, uh, Coach Carl visited with us earlier. Our thanks once again to McCade Webster and Kyle Mayhew who joined us uh, within the last uh, quarter hour, and it's always a pleasure to uh, welcome to this program Marty Richardson of uh, Dog Nation, one of the great hockey ambassadors of uh, all time and uh, certainly in this region. And uh, you're always busy. You've always <laughs> got uh, things going on. But uh, I, I want to ask you, Right off the top, about Sheldon Litsky. We had Sheldon on a yeah, couple of weeks I heard. ago, and I heard. he mentioned you. Yeah, and uh, the work he's doing as kind of a hockey builder. Yeah, is somewhat similar to uh, what you do. It is. Yeah, we actually, um, of all people that met us, without trying to sound name dropping, mm -hmm. actually Paul Biznasty Biz introduced the two of us. Yeah, and um, and 
uh, he, Sheldon was on Spit and Chicklets about two weeks before Milan and I were. And, yeah. And then yeah. so we went to an Avs game, playoff game last year in the against Edmonton in the Western Conference Finals, and I sat with Sheldon. Right. And since then, right. uh, we've, we've created a really cool relationship and did a really neat thing a couple weeks ago. Absolutely. And uh, it, it, you're all about growing the game, and I know you have a program going that you want to talk about tonight yep. called Hockey Heels. Yeah. Explain uh, that uh, uh, for those not uh, familiar, you're working with uh, physically challenged youngsters, and you're skating every week. Yeah, so they're not exactly youngsters, but um, they're like us. So um, but they're the, more like us. They're like us, Sandy. So um, wonderful. But this group, it, it's 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 uh, really started with. You're, a, you're a lot younger than yeah, I. Am, so, <laughs> duh, duh, duh. so but um, a lot of the hockey <laughs> so are guys, guys. Are, are right here in yeah. front of us today, Sandy, and um. This really started with um, a gentleman uh, named Van Stone. And Van's sitting right here in front of us. Van, Van yeah. grew up in Littleton, Littleton hockey player, went on yeah. to play college hockey at Lake Forest and wasn't just average. He was a really good player yeah. at Lake Forest. Uh, American Dream after, after that, started a business, uh, got married to his sweetheart, had a kid. And in 2018, it was at the top of his staircase and, and slipped and fell and and uh, hit his head on the concrete, yeah. and literally he should have died. But yeah. he survived all that, and um, uh, but his hockey career was over and, yeah. and uh, disabled. And yeah. uh, walking was a challenge. Really, everything was a challenge. And and we met him um, about a year and a half ago, and he came to volunteer for Dog Nation. And oh, he ended yeah. up. Uh, we weren't really sure how we were going to have him volunteer, but we had him pass out beers at our at our first uh, golf tournament. And we saw one of the things we asked was, um, "Would you ever want to skate again?" And his eyes yeah. lit up, and yeah. we thought, "Boy, this is crazy! Get this guy out to skate." He had a massive brain injury, yeah. all these different yeah. things, and that was the predicator to this. To, we first started him out there, but now. There's uh, Dave Carr in front of us here that was yeah. in a head-on car accident. There's uh, mm -hmm. my brother that has a heart transplant. There's another mm -hmm. man, uh, Patrick Donnelly, that's here tonight. Um, he's going to share um, really big news at some point. But um, he's awaiting a heart transplant. We have yeah. people that have uh, had COVID and strokes sure. and different things. So sure. really the hockey heels gets these people back on the ice, creates some camaraderie. And we've taken even further. They've now played tournament games together and and that that becomes a team yeah. name the hockey yeah. so pretty cool and, and that is, that is to get them back to a point where they're they're not just physically active but they're in competitive exactly. environments fun competitive yeah yeah uh, in environments and uh i know that uh you continue to uh be associated with uh, some of these survivors uh from humboldt yeah humboldt broncos and uh seven were uh in time last week they were and that was all part of this the what sheldon might have shared with you i, I stay in touch with honestly, sheldon talked about it yeah yeah I, I stay in touch with all 13 survivors and in yeah. fact uh, tomorrow i'm actually getting on a plane and flying to humboldt and on saturday we're giving away the first ever dog nation scholarship to an aging out humboldt bronco and that's going to happen on saturday which just happens to be my birthday i get to drop the puck in humboldt and give a check yes. away. and Pretty you'll cool. be turning 25 or uh, yeah, 30 exactly somewhere, exactly somewhere so, all you guys are kids today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so but yeah the 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 trip up here was actually to get you know kind of 
create a cool experience. And, and uh, uh, Joe Sackick and Jared Bednar kind of yeah. went the extra yeah. mile for right. the guys when they were here, too. Right. So it was a really great trip. It's always uh, been remarkable to me, and even more so as the years have passed, the collaboration that exists between and among organizations like yours yeah. and the Avalanche and DU. Yeah. Yeah, the DU, especially on the DU show, um, not just pumping their tires, but they've been amazing to us. And it's not just because they're all just here. As uh, um, uh, David and prior to David um, – with, no, with Jim, Jim Montgomery. Yeah, yeah, Jim actually, I don't know if everybody knows this, but every time the Bruins win, he makes a donation to Dog Nation. And they won I a lot. did not so, know that, yeah. and they have won a lot. Yeah, so that's they really, have won really a lot. cool. Yeah. And um, so the DU Connections runs really deep, and including the in the summer during the Dog Bowl when we put together our Top Dogs team that does have Jan Hayda and Milan Hayda yeah. and some of those yeah. guys on it. Yeah. It also has Carter Mazur and yeah. Massimo Rizzo yeah. and Aiden Thompson right. and uh, Lane Krenzen. Right. I was right. just got a couple phone numbers from your guys here because I mean, I'm recruiting them for my dog, oh, top dogs okay. this summer. So, Absolutely. So, Absolutely. But, uh, but, yeah, the, the just everything where we've been able – we actually had two Humboldt Broncos in sleds play the first time since the accident at du wow in between at periods. du at between DU. periods that was a few years yeah. ago yeah and um been had i've had some of the parents here um uh, uh mitchell's best friend died in the accident so that yeah. his parents were there and yeah. so we've done a lot of a lot of neat stuff with du for sure yeah. over the years yeah and um you know we're talking about the hockey central usa yeah. uh, the, uh, the championships of hockey on the major professional college, yeah. high school, and pee wee levels yeah. all, all reside here at the at the same time. Yeah, and the one that people forget about hockey and, and title like time. To, you like to call, call out is uh, Colorado sled hockey was the national champions last year too. And well, not that should very much be included. Absolutely, very much be included. I'm going to take a pen and put their name. Well, up yeah, there. So, absolutely. So, because uh, yeah, that was that was a big one, and that was a uh, hockey capital. That, yeah, Colorado's got the most Paralympians of any state. And, really? Yeah, we actually yeah. we did have the Humboldt guys here, but we also had in that same suite that night six members of the U.S. Paralympic team that had just won a gold medal. Oh, it's great to see you. As always, it's a pleasure, and uh, we've got a full house. I know you've been on with us uh, before this year, but uh, we've got a full house here at the Campus Lounge. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, the Nuggets and uh, the Avalanche are taking a licking uh, tonight, but uh, we've got uh, other events on uh, here, and we've got DU in North Dakota uh, this weekend, which always gets the juices flowing for uh, college hockey fans, one of the great rivalries uh, uh, I think it's top five in all, all of college hockey. And in terms of uh, competitiveness, probably uh, a little more edgy yeah. than maybe even the CCD rivalry yeah. Yeah, has North been Dakota's in recent going to come out firing. They don't oh, get yeah. swept at home very often. And, and, uh, uh, and, and DU hadn't done it in year. about 12 years. Right. So, yeah, so. Uh, they'll, they'll certainly remember that. Yeah, great great to see you. Yeah. Thank you. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll visit soon as uh, uh, we uh, so often are able to do. We want to thank Marty Richardson and, of course, Kyle Mayhew, McCade Webster, and Coach David Carl. Come out and see the Pioneers. Now it's a different starting time tomorrow night from the usual 7 p.m. on Friday nights. It'll be 7.30 p.m. tomorrow night. It's uh, 
a CBS Sportsnet game. And you can hear it, of course, on 104.3 The Fan HD3. The usual starting time on Saturday night of 6 p.m. Also on 104.3 The Fan HD3. For Brian Rosenberg, I'm Sandy Clough. And we will see you next time on the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. Thanks for listening.